Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I uh, can't emphasize that enough, at baseball games. I am Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Uh, it is Friday, April 30th, 2021, and we are back from a our first real baseball game uh, since, what, September 2019, Jack? Yeah, so, so almost a year and a half, um, coming up on two years, and that last one was a fake game that didn't count. So was this one, actually, <laughs> but uh, the last one got rained out, too. So, uh, yeah, it was good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we we just came back from Wintrust Field in Schaumburg, Illinois, to see the alternate site uh, South Bend Cubs, I guess, versus the Schaumburg White Sox. I, I, I just I can't say Schaumburg White Sox enough. Um but uh, that's the game we saw, and yeah, did it count? I don't know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, so this was yeah, this was an interesting one because it turned out to actually be the final uh, alternate site game, which was which was very cool. Um, so yeah, a lot a lot of good a lot of good stuff in here for you guys today. Uh, but like Jeremy said, uh, we're finally two bums uh, who are going to be talking about other bums at baseball games once again. But first of all, before we get to that, um, we're going to do our 2017 MLB debuts because it is episode number 117. So we're almost at real time now. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, what? Uh, who do you have for your 2017 guy? Oh, uh, Jack. So my uh, 2017 debut is none other than uh, none other than Gift Ngope. I remember uh, Gift Ngope. I, I remember him mostly for his name. Was mm-hmm. he on the Pirates? Um, he, uh, yeah, he started. He debuted with the Pirates. He also um, ended up. He surfaced with the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays the following year. Um, but yeah, he debuted with the Pirates, and um, yeah, uh, you know, didn't do too much like in game at all, uh, really. Um, but he's he's known. Uh, he's notable because he's the first native of Africa, uh, they, continental Africa, I guess, to make the major leagues. Um, so that was a pretty cool, pretty cool achievement there. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big deal to be the first person from your continent to uh, to, to debut in the major leagues. Honestly, I'm uh, I'm I'm a little surprised that no player from the from Africa uh, anywhere had ever played baseball. But I guess it's not uh, or in at the major league level. But I guess baseball probably isn't very big in Africa anywhere. I'm looking at Gifton Gope's baseball reference now, and it looks like he's from South Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like soccer is probably really big there right yeah in invictus right that's right that's right i i've seen the movie with uh are you referring to the movie with matt damon and morgan freeman that's correct jack nice yeah so there, <laughs> there you go i didn't know jeremy that uh gift and gope's nickname was according to baseball reference mo is, is it mofo gift and gope <laughs> well that's not it that's his real name jack oh that's it's, his full name yeah Mpo, I guess, is his oh, first okay. full name. But okay, yeah. let's let's edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he was a mofo or not, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was um, yeah, first uh, first. I African thought it's player. a nickname. Okay, so yeah, first name. Okay, I'm seeing Mpo and Gope. Okay, I see. All right. Yeah, I had never heard them refer to him by that name. Just always Gift. Um, and I actually thought his, I guess his middle name is Gift. Um, 
I mean, that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool name. I got to say. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think his like story kind of captured, uh, the hearts of, uh, baseball fans at that time. And, you know, I don't think he, I don't think anyone expected him to be like a, a guy or anything. And so he kind of just came and went, uh, but, but, uh, he's still, I, he'll, he'll be known for that. Um, you know, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Literally little guy too, five, eight, 200 pounds. So, yeah. well, not a little guy. He was built like a, built like a, a running back. Um, I don't, I don't remember if I ever saw him actually play a game. Uh, doesn't look like he had any career home runs. Uh, yeah. Hit 181 for his career. Yeah. No, I mean, he, I don't think like in person, I don't think he ever, I'm not sure if he ever played in Chicago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, just, there wasn't much time to catch him in a major league <laughs> game, unfortunately, but, uh, but yeah, just notable for that sense. And, uh, yeah, so I wanted to, wanted to call him out here. Uh, I, I managed to find a guy who debuted in 2017 who is no longer in the league. And, it, you know, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't easy, but, uh, yeah, that's who I picked. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah I, I picked a guy who probably shouldn't be in the league, but he is. I actually just saw him playing the other day. I picked Lewis Brinson for my 2017 oh, sure. debut. All right. Yeah. Here we uh, go. Today, watch, strap in, folks. This is going to be a Brewers Vendetta <laughs> well, maybe not so much. So he, uh, Lewis Brinson was actually the key piece in the uh, Christian Yelich trade. Um, you know that the contract <laughs> that they that they signed Christian Yelich for is maybe not working out so great right now for the Brewers because uh, he hasn't done done shit since they since he signed that long extension with them. But anyway, so so yeah, Lewis Brinson was uh, you know he was thought to be a guy. He was a second round pick. Um, the Brewers got him in a trade with Texas uh, for somebody. I, I, you know, I'm not uh, gonna scroll that far down his Luke baseball Roy? reference. Uh, yeah, yeah, they might have gotten him in the Lucroy trade in 2016. He, anyway, he was a he was a big prospect. He was the top yeah. prospect for the Brewers, which is why they were able to get Yelich back for him. Uh, and he's he's gone. He went to the Marlins. He just has not done anything since. He's played parts of five major league seasons. Um, I'm surprised to see that he has 16 home runs. He's hitting under 200 for his career. He's hitting 188, uh, and he's he's back to his old ways this year. He's hitting uh, 148 with the Marlins. Um, you know, Jeremy, when we had your uh, when you know we had your buddy on the podcast who'd played minor league baseball, he mentioned that um, you know a lot of guys who are very high draft picks will just keep getting chance after chance, um, yeah. especially when the organization has invested a lot in them. In this case, uh, the Marlins traded one of the best players in baseball for this guy they want to try to save face lewis brinson under any other circumstances probably would have been cut from the marlins like three years ago but because because he was a second round draft pick and because they traded so much to get him um they're just going to probably keep running him out there until it's just until the optics dictate that they can just absolutely no longer do it yeah or until he starts begging for mercy i mean like this guy, he hasn't done anything in his career ever, like 11 home runs in 2018. Like that's, and you know, I don't know if that's anything to write home about. And, and he did, he hit 199 in the process of doing that. I mean, just a, such a big bust. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, as a Cubs fan, it, uh, it, it, it irks me that, you know, the Brewers were able to get Christian Yelich for a package of, of guys who haven't really done much yet. I mean, I would argue too, that, that, while Brinson probably was the the most well known guy of that group, I there you know Isan Diaz and um, Monte Harrison were also like guys who uh, haven't washed out yet. Um, Monte Harrison, I think, is is starting like I think he maybe debuted last year, um, 
But uh, there's maybe still some promise there. I'm not sure what's up with Isan Diaz. They actually they just called him up. I think when Jazz Chisholm went on the DL. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, just you know, Br- Brinson was like it was a non-loss for the the Brewers. Like they just it was just like you know it phased them nothing to to get rid of him and. So, uh, yeah, it was a yeah, beautiful thing, a beautiful thing, really. I was, uh, I was going to say, I, I think if there was one, a good comp for Lewis Brinson, it would be Keon Broxton and that ain't great. You don't want to be, you don't want to be being compared to Keon Broxton, but they're very similar right. guys. They strike out a ton. They have good gloves and they usually hit under 200, like I, occasionally yeah, I, hitting for power, but only because like every swing they take, they're trying to hit a home run. I think Brinson was projected way way higher than than Keon Broxton was um so I would say he's a bigger bust for sure um in the scheme of things um but yeah yeah similar career outputs I would say I mean Broxton has had the better career than Lewis Brinson I would say yes yes he has and that's yeah yeah, that's sad but (laughs) I picked him I picked him because I felt like he would be a good uh he was sort of in the vein of the type of player we saw today uh when we went to the game um, so I guess to give a little bit of background on today's game uh, for our listeners, um, as Jeremy mentioned, it was an alternate site uh, uh, game, White Sox versus Cubs. Uh, so these teams, um, you know, every major league team had like an alternate site squad about 30 miles or wherever close to where the major league club was so that if guys on the major league roster went down with COVID, um, they could just call call these guys, bust these guys from the alternate site over, and they'd be right they'd be right there instead of having to fly in from like Charlotte, which is where the White Sox AAA is, or like Arizona, which is where they train. They just had an entire squad of guys like in the in a neighboring city. So uh, I guess to keep the guys fresh, we uh, uh, they they were having the White Sox and Cubs alternate training teams play games against each other. Um, so the, a lot of the guys that Jeremy and us and I saw today were guys who, uh, even it was an exhibition game, it was meaningless, but uh, most of the guys had been in the major leagues at one time or another, some for extended periods. Uh, those who hadn't were had very high draft picks. We're talking first, second round draft picks, multiple million dollar signing bonuses. These guys are all guys who either have been in the major leagues or uh, very much are projected to be someday. And every single one of them was was just a call, is, is just a call away from from being on a roster. So it was even though the game was meaningless and there wasn't a whole lot of juice to it, um, it was it was exciting in that sense. So once we kind of get into the recap of the players, we'll be we'll be talking about some of these guys. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess before we get into that, Jack, I uh, I'll, I'll just shoehorn in this apology that I have here. Uh, I, yes, I need I to make that, a, yeah. a, a maybe not an apology is not the right word, but a correction, a major correction. Is uh, last week when I was. Um, criticizing uh we were talking about the the whole ticket buying process um and i i I said that uh this is what metallica was fighting for i was gravely i was so gravely wrong it was corrected by a listener of the podcast uh and and former guest zach zach greenwood um that it was pearl jam in fact who was fighting against Ticketmaster for fees metallica on the other hand was suing uh napster for um you know for allowing you know free distribution of of music um, and also, I, I also like Googled like Metallica and tickets and they actually were like brought up on some like charges of colluding with like Live Nation for like actually getting more fees out of out of people. So I couldn't have been more wrong on that. And uh, by, by no means do I want to portray Metallica as any sort of uh, heroes because they're they all seem to be 
pretty major pieces of shit. Um, and uh, Pearl Jam uh, at least like stood for something, uh, um, you know, like uh, whatever, like worth fighting for in trying to get rid of fees from Ticketmaster. So I, I, I that's a, I have to, I'm ashamed of, of that portrayal, and uh, I had to make it right on on the on the podcast. Yeah, no, that's that makes sense, Jeremy. Well, hey, you know, next time we see uh, Eddie Vedder at a Cubs game, I'm gonna wonder if he had to pay just the same fees we did for for his tickets, you know, and yeah, sure, he won't won't be happy about it. Um, he, okay, hey, well, Jack, very good, well, Jeremy. Jack, while you mentioned, oh, while, yeah. you, while you're mentioning Eddie Vedder here, uh, actually, well, no, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll edit that out. I'll just skip it. It's 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 an unnecessary side sidetrack. <laughs> what? Well, no, no, it was just I was gonna say after the. Um, after the last out of the world series, uh, Theo Epstein, like they show on the camera, Theo Epstein like hugs his wife. Um, and then Eddie Vedder is sitting right next to him. And then like Eddie Vedder just turns to Theo and he's like looking for like a high five or whatever. And it's like Theo Epstein. It's like one of the th- most thrilling moments of uh, Theo Epstein's career. And then like, he's got Eddie Vedder in his face. Like, Hey, Hey, all right, we won. And it's like, I, I kind of like at that moment, Theo Epstein probably was like, Eddie, not right now. Like, I'm I'm trying to celebrate. I'm having a moment here, you know. <laughs> anyway, it's a little quick aside, Eddie Vedder aside there. No, that's good. I didn't know Eddie Vedder was in the box with Theo Epstein uh, during Game Seven. Okay, yeah. that's good, Jeremy. Yeah, did not <laughs> did not know. See, that's good. That's, why, why would we edit that out? That's that's brilliant. That's, All right, you know, that, we got two uh, two non edits. They're called by each yeah, of us. Today. Yeah, because the more I think about it, the more I don't want that Gifton Gope thing edited out. That's pretty. Uh, <laughs> That was just Jesus Christ. We got to keep, okay. in, you know, this reality here. We'll keep it <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Final alternate site game folks. Uh, so yeah, we, we gave you the background on it. Now uh, we didn't know it was the, I didn't know it was the final one, uh, Jeremy, maybe you did, but uh, yeah, all of these guys and the announcer kept saying this ad nauseum throughout the entire game, <laughs> but all of these guys will be at right, probably right after the game, will be going to their minor league sites be that Iowa for the Cubs or Charlotte uh, for the White Sox, their AAA. And, you know, some of the guys who are the, the higher draft picks who are newer guys probably be going to, like, AA. So, um, yeah, these guys are going to scatter all across the country after this game. Yeah, I, he, he did keep, keep saying, he's like, folks, most of these players will be going to Iowa or Charlotte. And it's like, yeah, except for the guys who aren't. <laughs> except for the yeah. guys who have to go back down to AA or maybe even single. I, I, I don't know if anyone's going to go to single A, but, like, I feel like there's got to be some of these guys who aren't going to go to AAA just because they're maybe still wanting a little more development. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, you know, if I was one of the players on this on those teams, I would have been like, can that guy shut the fuck up about me going to Iowa? Right, I don't exactly. want to go to Iowa. You know, I don't want to think about how I have to fly to Charlotte after this game today. Like, I don't want to think about it. Can that guy just shut up already? Right, exactly. Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, Schaumburg is in Chicago, but um, it's a lot further to, to a major city <laughs> like – uh, from from uh, Des Moines, and not no shade against Des Moines, but uh, you know it's like uh, you you could you could hop on a train or, or a pace bus and be in Chicago in like forty minutes or whatever. So I don't know. But well, um, Jeremy, yeah. um, so so this is actually the first time we had seen each other face to face in like two months. Yeah, um, we should yeah we should say that yeah right. We're we're both uh, fully vaxxed at this point. We got into a I, Jack. I picked you up. It was like old times, like. We got into the car and like, no, we didn't have to wear a mask. And it was, uh, it was, it was that in and of itself was weird. And I, I think I was experiencing some sensory overload. Yeah, Jeremy. I mean, it, it, it honestly, it seemed like a lot for you to, to drive and talk to a person at the same time in your car. It's probably <laughs> been a while since it's been anybody in the car besides your wife. So yes. like, I was like, 
Like, all right, yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't talk so much to Jeremy. And I, I mean, even at one point as we were getting close to Schaumburg, you were like, all right, I got to focus here. Like, that's that's yeah. never something you've, like, said while we were driving. Yeah, um, no, I know. Like, I mean, you know, Jack, you said I was uh, the, the Chicago uh, – <laughs> I forgot how you portrayed it last time, but I'm like a Chicago know-it-all or something. But well, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're, well, no, you described yourself as being a true blue Chicagoan baby. I think those were your exact words. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you know, you know all of Chicago. So I was like, and you know, you know a lot of the suburbs too, because you're from here. So, um, but yeah, you had to, you had to kind of lock in when we were driving to the stadium. Yeah, I did. I, I had to, especially after taking two wrong exits. So, so yeah, like we, you know, like we were, we were like talking nonstop. We were, we were gabbing like nonstop on the way out there. And, um, I, I had my directions, um, on my phone, but, uh, I didn't have them going through like the speaker. So I was like, just trying to glance over and like, yeah, I missed like two, I missed like two exits basically, or, or I took two <laughs> premature exits and like, I mean, one is bad enough. I took a second one and I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And I was getting like the, the sun was shining. It was a beautiful day in Chicago. The, the temperature wasn't that high, but it was a beautiful day in Chicago. And I was, I was getting like hot in the car, like, because I was like, I was getting like kind of frustrated of missing these turns. And so it was, uh, it was a bit of a harrowing experience right off the bat. Well, we, we finally uh, did end up getting there. Schaumburg is a lot bigger than I, I thought it was. But we, uh, we came to the park. Uh, it was called, the park was called Wintrust Field. Um, yeah. You know, it kind of reminded me of the Chicago Dog Stadium. It's a nice, nice little, uh, little park kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, uh, uh, but, and there were traffic directors uh, in, the, uh, in the parking lot. We did not have to pay for parking. But the, yeah. traffic direct, the traffic directors were a little intense. Like uh, when the guy when the guy was trying to get you to park in your spot, Jeremy, he was like, "All right, up a little more," and he kept giving you that motion. And then like he was very specific, like when he told you to stop. I was thinking, Jeremy probably knows when it's okay for him to stop here. Right. Yeah. Right. That. Yeah. He was he was giving me the the hand wave the the, the like a little more a little more, and uh, to the point where like I was going and I was just following him, but he was still standing in front of my car, and it's like he sidestepped my car like at the last minute. Like, so he didn't get hit, but it's like, that's how he wanted it. It's like, he wanted to like dodge my car. It's like, he was very, uh, dedicated and, and intense and, and all these guys were and like, yeah, I felt like I was being like, you know, like directed into like, you know, some concert at like, you know, the Allstate arena or something like with like, you know, an expected house of like 20,000 or something. And like, it was just like, you know, a couple hundred people at this alternate site baseball game. <laughs> um, and the parking lot was massive and like. You know, I mean, yeah, it's like plenty of plenty of places to park. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes those guys are like trying to squeeze people in so they can like max out this, the parking space. But I, I, didn't, I don't think there was any fear of that happening at this particular outing. No. And, and we should say, Jeremy, that the uh, team that normally plays in this Wintrust field in Schaumburg is the Schaumburg Boomers. So yeah. all of the uh, all of the employees who were working the game uh, were presumably uh, Schaumburg Boomers employees or stadium employees who will be working those events. They all had Schaumburg Boomers swag on. Yeah. Um, when the season and, starts like next uh, next month, they said like, yeah, I'm sure all those people will be employed. Uh, through the, through this summer with, with right, the which is yeah, which is which is awesome. And honestly, you know, Jeremy, after the game, you said to me, "Yeah, we should try to catch a Schaumburg Boomers game just to support the stadium." And yeah. I will say that for the most part, though, like the the, the employees were like overbearingly nice. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure that whoever their leadership is at that stadium was like, okay, like 
you know, we're going to draw in a lot of people who normally wouldn't come to this stadium to see these players. Like, let's try to give them a good experience. So yeah. even though, you know, the parking attendant wasn't the only person who was like pretty over a little bit overbearing to start. Um, they were definitely trying to kill you with kindness, which was which was that, nice. That's true. In in retrospect, like it does seem like they got like a very clear directive to like, hey, be nice to these people. So they come back so they don't forget that we exist after right. this. Um, so, yeah. So one thing that you're talking about, Jack, is uh, when we. We, uh, you know, got out of the car. Um, we're pulling up our tickets on our phone. Uh, we, we walked to the stadium. Uh, it immediately kind of came back to me that I had been to the stadium before uh, back in 2015 for one of these Schomburg. I don't remember if it was the Schomburg Flyers or the Schomburg Boomers at that point, but um, I had been to the stadium before um, a couple like, you know, several years ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that kind of came flooding back to me. Um, we had to like ascend this like giant staircase to get up to like the front gate, which was kind of weird. That's something that I I haven't really experienced before. Um, so, so we did that and then, um, there were a couple guys taking our tickets or whatever. And, um, they, they got me with one of these things. And again, I'm, I'm still reeling, you know, from the sensory overload. Like I know that I had sensory overload last time we, 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 we ball hawked last year, but you know, it was coming right back again. I was, I'm still kind of reeling a little bit. And the guy, like, I don't know if he could see it in my eyes, um, but he, he just approached me right away and he's like, you know where you're going. And you know, folks, if anyone ever asks you, if you know where you're going, just say yes. And just keep walking because <laughs> otherwise you're going to get, you're going to get sucked into some kind of like over explanation thing. Uh, that's, that's just going to make you feel inadequate somehow. The guy, the guy, he, you know, he's like, he's like, uh, I'm like, uh, uh, no, or something I said. And, uh, and he's like, well, uh, where, where are your tickets? And I'm like, here, let me pull that up. And, uh, you know, and then like, he, he goes, all right, section D. And he's like, all right. So that's section D is all the way over there. It starts all the way at the end from A, and then it comes up, you know, it comes up alphabetically as you get closer to us. Now, when you go down the seats, uh, the aisles, the numbers on the left are going to be the small ones. The numbers on the right are going to be the high ones. So depending on where your number is, uh, you know, you're going to want to look that way. And, and so he like gave me this whole thing. I'm like, okay, all right, buddy. Um, turns out we're sitting in the middle of the row. So <laughs> either way, it's fine. <laughs> but as we were talking, as we were um, – he was explaining this. I, I'm just like, okay, got it, got it, got it. And like, so we're me and Jack are walking. We're looking at our our uh, our tickets on our phone. And uh, <laughs> I said to Jack, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I didn't really catch all that low numbers, high numbers thing. And and Jack immediately said, uh, it's like, yeah, hey, buddy, I know how to find my seat. <laughs> well, and, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Jeremy, you figure like uh, we're we're two guys who like have you know we're you know two basically middle aged guys who are wearing baseball caps and you know, you've got like a scorecard on a fucking clipboard and I've got like a notebook with me and uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we're arriving, you know, five minutes after gates open to an alternate, (laughs) to an alternate site uh, Cubs versus White Sox game. uh, That doesn't, that's an exhibition game uh, on a Friday afternoon in April. Like, (laughs) you know, maybe this guy should know his audience a little bit. Like I I think we've been to, we look like probably look like two people who've been to a baseball game before. Um, I will, I will say I, I can be quick to like be sarcastic with, with shit like that. I don't think I ever told you this, Jeremy, but I went to, I went to New York one time, um, one time 
I went to visit my friend Chris in New Jersey. Uh, I guarantee you, Chris does not listen to this podcast, but uh, <laughs> you know, I have, I have some some listeners will appreciate this. But anyway, I went to New uh, New Jersey to visit my friend Chris. And uh, we went to New York for like a day. The trip was a disaster because Chris, hate, Chris hates New York, so we didn't really do anything. We no. walked around uh, Central Park and then went back on the train to New Jersey. No. Uh, and I was in such a pissy mood because we didn't get to do anything that okay. like I was just tired. And I put my feet up on the seat of, uh, of like on the train seat like in front of me. And then the conductor said, hey, get your foot off that seat. And I very, very closely almost said, hey, fuck you, pal. But I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> But I came very close to it. This, I mean, this was a totally different incident. But you know, I I can be a little quick. I can be a little quick to judge. Yeah. Uh, in those in those scenarios. So one one thing I'm thinking, Jeremy. Hey, this guy was warming up. You know, like we we were the warm up game for these people for the boomers. Yeah, right, you know, right. so like this guy was just this guy was just practicing his his wayfinding game on you. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy's been waiting a year and a half to tell someone. You know, what what numbers <laughs> the seats go. Um, and uh, that was fine uh, to 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 us. I mean, and and hey, we were waiting a year and a half to like complain about a guy who is trying to be helpful to us <laughs> and so like you know just seconds mere seconds after walking through the gates we were already saying snide remarks about the helpful people at the stadium so i felt like we were getting back into the groove as well um, right yeah so uh you know and and so on that note of of kind of like breaking things in getting back to normalcy here um we were like we were going down we we went to to, to our seats and uh <laughs> jack i don't know if you noticed this but as we were walking down the seats. I, I was noticing like a an alarming amount of like cobwebs and like spider webs on some of the the oh, seats. Oh, were there? Yeah, there were a little bit. Like, and and here, oh, the man. thing is, is like the stadium has. This is like the third game that they held at the stadium with fans. So like, I I don't know, but it's like you know, and and I can't I can't blame them. Like, I don't think they go and and like dust every every seat uh, in the house. But like, yeah, I was seeing some cobwebs and stuff, and it's like, man, this is like. You know, we, we got to shake off the, the dust here and, and get back to baseball and fans and normalcy, you know? Well, I, I hate uh, I hate spiders, Jeremy. So thank oh, actually yeah. thank you for not thank you for not pointing that out during the game because um, yeah, I am sure. I am not a fan. Maybe they have an infestation there. You know, like people have been people were sitting there, but then they just, you know, overnight these spiders came. I don't know. But good. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you for not pointing that out. So one one thing I always try to do when I go to games, I don't think I've ever missed the first pitch ever uh, mm-hmm. in a game I've gone to. Never try to never miss the tip off. No, you know what? We did miss one because we, missed... we were stuck in traffic at King yeah. County. But yeah. very, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, never gonna miss the first pitch. Make it a point to see it. This is the first game I've been to where one of the teams almost missed the first pitch. Yeah, um, I mean technically the Cubs, they did. I... The Cubs arrived late. They were they were late. The game was delayed 45 minutes because the Cubs, uh, the South Bend Cubs, were late to the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was. Uh, I mean, it was. Um, and, and and it was weird. Like, cause cause there was like one. There was like one or like two guys there. Like we saw them in the corner. But I guess it didn't occur to me, Jack, that like these guys should have been like warming up or I don't know if they were gonna take BP, but like. There was no, there was like no one on the field when we got there, and and so we, we got there. Yeah, like gates open an hour ahead of uh, uh, first pitch, um, scheduled first pitch, and um, <clears throat> yeah, there was kind of no one on the field. We you started seeing some like some guys pop out of the White Sox dugout, which we were sitting like directly behind, so we couldn't see into it. it, was, it was, we were like what four rows behind it or something mm-hmm. like that, and. Um, yeah, and then like so so yeah. At, at some point, uh, the guy on the 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 announcer. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about this announcer guy too. I think he's kind of like 
he's kind of like he's he's been put in a tough position of explaining just how you know much of an oddball game this is for for anyone who thought that they were going to see like a a standard nine inning game he really had to jump on the grenade of like explaining to <laughs> to the people like what they were about to see um so his first thing he said was like folks uh you know this is an exhibition game uh, set up primarily for player conditioning and you know whatever he said like um player uh development Development. yeah and he's like um and uh you know we'll get started shortly but uh we just want to let you know that the cubs are are not here yet um so first (laughs) pitch will be delayed and as soon as um they show up we'll uh get a starting time going something something to that effect Uh, but he had to make that announcement um which uh i don't know um i don't know if he's ever had to make that announcement before no, it was it was ridiculous, Jeremy. And so then, probably ten minutes after he made that announcement, we saw the Cubs buses get there. Yeah. And so they entered through a gate in right, right field. field yeah. And uh, they they just they all walked into the clubhouse, and like there was a door behind home plate that they all like uh, went went by or went yeah. in. Um, so yeah, we saw them walk all the way across the field. Uh, they they all had their uh, their baseball bags with them. The hitters had bats uh, in those bags. Um, they were not dressed for the game, so they had nope. to they had to all like go and put their uniforms on. Some of them may have had their baseball pants on, but all of these guys looked really tired, and none of them <laughs> looked excited to be there at all. No, they all just kind of had their heads down and just like just were like, "All right, let's get this fucking over with." Like that was basically the demeanor on most of these guys' faces. Um, but yeah, just a whole procession of them marching down the uh, the first base line, um, down the tunnel behind home plate to go to the clubhouse. Um, uh, we were trying to spot any guys that we could recognize, and some, a lot of them, a lot of them actually were wearing masks, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising. I, I, I would say, and um, uh, there was one guy who, the only guy who I was able to identify visually, happened to also not have his mask on, and that was uh, Jose Lobatone, uh, yeah, who was on the, the, old, the old, ca- the old catcher. Yeah, the old catcher uh, known for uh, two things. I would say one is, uh, yeah, getting picked off of first base in games, game five. Yep. Of the 2017 NLDS uh, Cubs Nationals, I think. Yep. And uh, he was also known for um, when he was with the Tampa Bay Rays. I think maybe his rookie year, um, he had this weird thing where like he would hit a home run or something, and like someone in the dugout would give him a a little thing of ice cream. Do you remember this, Jack? No, no, I don't remember this. <laughs> he would do get like a hit or a home run or drive in a run, and he would like come in and sit down on the bench, and someone from the team would give him like a little like mini like thing of like Hagen dazs and he would like eat it with like a with like a wooden spoon. It was very it was kind of cute but also weird. Yeah, that that is that is very weird. Um I didn't know that there was anything fun associated with Jose Lobaton. No, yeah, know? no I know. It's like I mean it's like certainly that's his biggest contribution to baseball is that story. <laughs> um but uh but yeah, and so he's still kicking around with the Cubs. He was in um you know spring training and uh, it was very clear at some point that he wasn't going to be the the backup catcher on this team. Um, but yeah, still in the in the organization, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. But yeah, so he was uh, he we we identified him only. There was another guy, Jack, who um, who showed up, uh, who's coming in. He was kind of kind of one of the first ones on the field. He had like his his Cubs bag on and everything, and he got he walked in all the way from the gate to about about first base area. And he stopped and he put his 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 gear bag down um, and he turned around. I thought he was going to like help uh, one of his fellow teammates like who was maybe struggling or something. He put his bag down and like just walked back to the bus basically. So all the way back out 
uh, past the outfield fence and um, disappeared for a little bit. It was His bag was sitting there for a while. <coughs> Excuse me. And then he, he came back at some point with, like, this, like, little, like, briefcase, this little black box briefcase type of thing. Um, and it resembled, like, like it looked like he went to go get, like, a, his flute or his clarinet yeah. or something. Or I, yeah, or I was going to say, yeah, he went back to get the launch codes. Yeah, you know, yeah, sure. That's what it looked like. It looked like either that, like an instrument case, or like a case that, like you know, a nuclear football would be be like carried in. You know, <laughs> like like this guy would like, uh, you know, I'm I'm surprised he didn't have like a uh, little handcuff attached to the the briefcase. You know, right? Um, like, the like, micro, got, like the microprocessors from uh, the Departed, right? <laughs> Where yeah, are the microprocessors. <laughs> this, I, I tell you, Jeremy, it, it, who the hell knows? What was in that case? It was obviously important because none of the other players had a case like that. No, uh, yeah. n- not even close. It's like the uh, whatever's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, you know? Right. Yeah. When they, when they open it up and it's just like uh, Marcellus, gleaming. Marcellus Wallace's soul. I okay. Is that yeah? That's the theory that you're going that's, with. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Sure. That's the only no, I mean, one that I read. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. So that that's what this was like. So uh, yeah, this guy like kind of frantically like. Uh, walked slash ran back to the bus to grab this thing. And then the, uh, the, the supposed starting pitcher today uh, for today for the Cubs, uh, Cole Stewart, who actually did not end up starting. He didn't pitch the first inning. He arrived after everybody else. I don't know where the hell he was, if he took an Uber here or what, but he, he was not clearly not on the buses, and he arrived like 10 minutes after everybody else arrived. It was very weird. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, like, the White Sox were there ready to go and um, the Cubs, uh, you know, guys were running back to get their flutes or just completely <laughs> like, you know, starting pitcher. Uh, I'll show up 10 minutes before the team or 10 minutes after the team who was already late as uh, to begin with. So that's where the Cubs priorities were. Um, and, you know, maybe it showed in the outcome of this game, which we'll, we'll get to. But um, but yeah, so that was that wasn't great um, <clears throat> as we were. Um, waiting for them to uh like as after they showed up and kind of got into this the the clubhouse we did see uh, a guy pop his head out of the uh the dugout for the white Sox. um kind of an older guy uh with a an incongruous uh well coiffed uh hairdo um uh and he at some point he turned around and we we figured out we found out it was it was Wes Helms yeah, Wes Helms, Jeremy. I said to you, when I was a little kid, um, you know, my grandma lived in Asheville, and we went to a, a couple minor league games, Asheville Tourists. We were the Class A for the Rockies at that time in the mid-'90s. This must have been 1995. And, yeah, I saw Wes Helms was on the roster um, playing for the Macon Braves, uh, who were the Braves Class A team at the time. So, yeah, 26 years ago, I saw Wes Helms play Class A ball. He's 44 now, so he would have been 18 in the time he was playing that game which is pretty crazy. So, yeah, Wes Helms still, after all these years, you know, he's still in baseball. Um, we should say he was managing the, the Schaumburg yeah, White he Sox. Yeah, he was managing. So, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't playing. Um, he, he still looked like – I mean, he looked old. He looked like he had some years on him, but he wasn't in bad shape. He's not one of those uh, – you know, not one of those guys who just completely let themselves go. He looked yep. all right. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Jeremy, the main attraction for him was his, was his hair. Um, yep. I would say he, he definitely, like, you know – I know you cut your own hair, right, Jeremy? I do, yes. Okay, yeah, I say I would never touch my own hair. I would never cut my own hairs. But when I go to the barber, um, you know, I, uh, I I ask them usually to cut it pretty short on the sides. Like I usually do a one 
as they call it. Um, okay. I, Wes, Wes Helms must have done like a negative one. You know, it was yeah. like no, it was like no hair on the side of his head, but yeah. like the the top of his head was like perfectly coiffed, as you said. Um, yeah, man, this guy was clearly obsessed about his haircut. Y- yes, yeah, yeah, and in in like I said, in, uh, inordinate, incongruous uh, for like you know, hey dude, you're the manager. You know, it's like he's trying to pull a Riggleman um, and still uh, you know like you know, pal around with the guys, uh, at the bars afterwards, if you know what I mean. Um, and it's like, Hey buddy, you know, just you're, you're, this is a baseball game. You know, it's always like funny for like baseball players to be so concerned about their hair because they, you know, they wear hats. Um, but, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, the hair has got to look good coming out of the hat as well. And, and Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hair you know, guy, I'm a hair fan. I'm, I, I, I pay attention to the hair, but Wes Helms was just like, he was, he was trying a little hard. I feel, I felt. Especially but. for this alternate site uh, game that nobody <laughs> yeah. was going to be at. Um, sure. Yeah. But, but so Jeremy, we, we did get a pretty good look at all of the White Sox players. Cause they were all just kind of hanging out on the top step of the dugout. Yeah. So we were able to see all the guys. I couldn't actually, we, we picked up something Mikey Matook said, or Jer- Jeremy, you picked it up. We'll talk about that a little later, but, um, but yeah, they, <clears throat> We were absolutely within earshot of the guys. Or if we had mm-hmm. yelled something at them, they would have probably turned around. Um, and they, yeah. the White Sox guys were bored too, because yeah. they, they, they had been waiting for the, the the Cubs to get there. They were probably bored and probably pissed off that the Cubs were late. Yeah, right. No, it was getting. It was kind of evident. Like I think at first we kind of just hypothesized. Like I wonder if the Sox are pissed about this. Um, but you could the way that they were kind of like brooding about and like stirring about on the top step of the dugout. I really felt like they were kind of like pissed off. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, we saw Mikey Matuk, We saw um, Jake Berger, uh, um, guys like this, Gavin Sheets. Um, well, we, we could kind Tim of Beckham was out there. Yeah. Yeah. We can kind of run down the, the rosters uh, at the end here, but, um, but yeah, Mikey Matuk, like, you know, former um, Tampa Bay Ray, uh, former, was he a Mariner at some point? He was on the Tigers. So when, when we went and saw that yeah. game in 2017, um, Mikey Matuk was in the starting lineup. I think he played right field. Okay, there you go. And yeah, so, I mean, you know, he, he went from playing in front of 30,000 people at that game to, to this, you know, which is yeah. a, it's a hard fall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and if you check uh, Mikey Matuk's uh, Twitter profile, he's a current Philly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he needs to he needs to update it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Needless to say, um, you know, we might have, since we're on the subject of Mikey Matuk. So uh, yeah, I was surprised to learn that he had a Twitter. But if you scroll down just a little <laughs> just a little bit um, uh, to a tweet he did on October twenty seventh of twenty twenty, uh, he um, Mick, Mikey Matuk offers private hitting lessons. Um, so yeah, yeah for package one, so this is a, a shameless plug for Mikey Matuk's hitting lessons, which was, uh, that tweet was liked by 11 whole people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, package one, Jeremy, it's a pay as you go session. Uh, so I guess you can just like buy one session for him for 30 minutes. You can, uh, is $80 with Mikey Matuk. One hour is $150. Jeremy, I think, uh, in the off season, man, we should, uh, you know, if Mikey Matuk is still in Schaumburg, we should uh, we should we should drive to Schaumburg and just pay the dude eighty bucks to give us some hitting lessons, you know. <laughs> hey, next time, if I ever have a bachelor party, dude, we're gonna go play some baseball. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, that would be a way to yeah. splurge for sure. Yeah, yeah. Package, <laughs> pa- maybe we could pay him to play with us. You know, uh, package two, um, you get four one-hour sessions, um, which for a total of five hundred forty dollars. Uh, so it's one hundred thirty-five dollars a session. 
Um, and this one includes a video evaluation. So Mikey Matuk will, he will watch video of you and he will break down your swing. Um, but package three, that's the, the best deal. Um, that's eight one hour sessions for $1,000. So 125 a session, so $10 less than package two. And this one includes video evaluation and live game attendance. Wow. So Mikey Matuk, he will go to your game and he will watch, uh, he will watch the game. Um, yeah, I guess I guess prostitution is legal in this country, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ, you know. <laughs> God, guy, Mikey Matuk, first brutalization victim of uh, the Wrangley <laughs> Theater 2021 season. Watch, you know, RIP Mikey Matuk. Jesus. <laughs> there you go. Mikey you Mikey Matuk will come to your game and he will he will he will watch your shitty game and, right. and give you advice. That's, yeah. that's pretty great, man. And then there will be a call to the authorities, um, you know, around inning two <laughs> when they're like there's a suspicious, weird looking man in the in the stands <laughs> standing by himself and no one is up no one at all is coming up to him for an autograph. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. I, I mean, who's running, I want to know as a video guy, who the hell's running the video for Mikey Matuk? Like, is he, is he, run, does he know how to run a camera and then like hook up like a, like, you know, the playback system? Like he's got to have to hire a video guy to do that on top of like whatever, you know, he's getting paid. He's gonna have to pay that out of pocket. Uh, I don't know how he's managing to make all that work. No, I, w- I was going to say, Jeremy, it's got to be somebody. Somebody's going to have to come to your game like with an iPhone or other camera and tape you hitting and then send it to Mikey Matuk, I guess. <laughs> exactly. It's like you record it. I watch it. You uh, then that's it. It's like you, yeah, I'll, I can figure out the play button probably. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the, it's like that guy, Jeremy. I can't remember who he was, but like he took the video of Max Scherzer's bullpen session. Oh, yeah. Right. And, like the he would just who, who was that? Who was that? Was guy it Ryan that? Castellani or something? Yes. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. Again. Yeah. Another that might be the, the his biggest contribution to baseball is <laughs> recording Max Scherzer on a shitty fucking flip phone in fucking 2005 or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I digress. But um one of the things that Mikey Matsuk did, uh, you know, as we were talking about, like, the, the White Sox getting kind of restless, um, when the first player for the Cubs finally took the field in uniform, Mikey, Mikey Matuk got, uh, uh, gave a, a very um, sarcastic uh, applause uh, across the diamond uh, to, to the Cubs player, uh, signaling that maybe this game might actually start soon. Yeah, that that's actually that was actually pretty pretty cool. It was throwing a little shade yeah. at uh, the Cubs for uh, Jeremy. You put it perfectly. You said even in this game, the Cubs are big timing the White Sox. So <laughs> that was exact. That was exactly what happened. But didn't you didn't you point at Mikey Matuk then and he saw you? Yeah. Well, so then like so I was trying to like I pointed at him to get your attention, Jack. Uh, like so you could so you could see it in case you didn't see it. Um, but like, you know, I did it like so quickly that like Ma took and like, maybe it was like Gavin Sheets who was standing next to him or something. Like, I feel like they, they saw me point and then they looked at me and then they kind of stopped or something like, or the moment had passed at least. And, uh, I was like, you know, we're, we're too close here. Like for a couple of guys like us who, who talk a lot of shit, we might've been a little too close to the, to the field and it might've been a little too quiet, uh, to, to, to speak super freely. But, uh, maybe they maybe they thought we were scouts, Jeremy. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe it's like, possible. Oh, hey, you know, I was gonna say, did you know that Mikey Matuk was a first round draft pick? You know, I think I I I mean that's not front of front of mind, but um, I I remember seeing something because at some point I was like 
who the hell is this guy? And um, yeah, that might have come up, but that is just completely, that's just, that doesn't check out. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jeremy, you mentioned that the announcer um, basically had to jump on the grenade uh, for, for pretty, pretty much everything. He, um, uh, he, he really had to set the expectations for what this game was going to be. I was going to ask you, Jeremy, how many people in the stands do you think truly understood what they were watching today? <laughs> well, um, there are certainly some people to our left that definitely didn't know. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is bringing back shades of this is why, man, maybe we should only do games like this if, if there were enough to sustain a whole season, because that whole that existential conversation, Jack, is so like like out there to, to discuss, but it's so relevant in this, in that, in this particular setting, because it's, it's true. It's just like the Under Armour game where the guy's like, Oh, Oh, we get it. Or like, Oh fuck. What did they say? They say um, oh, this, it's so great for the kids that they're doing this. Right. You know? right. Yeah. And, and then, like, you know, uh, a, a year later, Bobby Witt gets signed to a $7 million signing bonus. <laughs> you know, it's great for these kids that, that they're doing this. And then they're like, they were like, um, Oh, I got it like free advertising or something. I forgot exactly <laughs> what they said. Tax write-offs. That's it. That that's, what... it. that's it. Tax write-off. Write-offs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. It's, like, but, but this conversation is like to be in a situation where you're at a baseball game, uh, to have to have that conversation is so funny. It's just, it's such on a different level of like, Hey, Cubs fans only are there to drink beer or not pay attention. It's like, no, these people really don't know what's going on. They don't, they think they bought a ticket to a Cubs. <laughs> Maybe there's some people who thought they were going to see like Chris Bryant versus, you know, Jose Abreu or something. I don't know. But like, yes, that's a great point and a great conversation and definitely something to look into. And I don't think we have like the, the, the two hours to, to kind of break that all down. But, but yes, there had to have been plenty of people who didn't know exactly what they were seeing. Yes, Absolutely. So the announcer tried to mitigate that a little bit. Um, uh, Jeremy, I briefly mentioned to you as we were pulling into the parking lot if the game would even go nine innings. I had kind of suspected that it wouldn't, but the announcer, I think I think up top, he said that it was not going to go nine innings. Um, did they say it was going to go six innings right off the bat? Or no. I think he, he said it may not go nine innings. Didn't he say something like that? Yeah, he said, I mean, just there's so many, like, so many, like, uh, caveats that he was giving out, um, just like, you know, just so you know, this is about player development and that might mean some different things out there. Like he said that at some point and he said like, um, like, well, during the, um, the lineups, he announced the lineups and he, he said it. Uh, and as a result, the White Sox are going to have two DHs today, 10 batters. Um, and we had, I had read like a little thing about, um, someone had gone to the game earlier this week and kind of written up about it. And the White Sox did the same thing then as well. So I, I was almost, I was prepared for it. But, but yeah, like, you know, they had the extra batters come in sometimes like in, in previous games. And so, so yeah, he, he explained that, uh, he kind of gave the, the ground rules there, but no Jack, it was like in like the fourth inning that he announced that it was only going to be six, six innings because, yeah, because of what happened with Ronaldo Lopez, it, it kind of put everything into a whole different perspective. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy, we had speculated that if the Cubs hadn't been late, they may have played like a, at least seven or eight innings, maybe even a nine inning game. But mm -hmm. uh, I think that the Cubs being late definitely factored into them uh, playing a shorter six-inning game, ultimately. Um, yeah. Also, we, we uh, the fact say, that these guys... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we should say that, like, so, you know, before the game even started, the, the 
the the Cubs were taking the field and like warming up, and then the announcer d- did say he's like, "Well, fans, are like you know, um, the Cubs are here." I don't even know if he said all that, but he did say at some point he's like, "The projected starting time of today's game will be twelve forty-five," and that was at like twelve oh one or something. Yeah. And yeah, it no, like, it was... We were just like, yeah. oh, no, like, four, 12, 40, like 45 minutes? Ugh. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because the guy, they weren't dressed, and they, you know, I guess they had, the pitchers had to warm up their arms and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, the, the late start time being delayed by an hour definitely cut the game short a little bit uh, yeah. and definitely affected the gameplay, too, I think. Um, so, yeah. yeah, there were constant announcements by the announcer in regards to that. Uh, even just saying there might be four outs in some innings, um, yeah. which there weren't. That never happened. But, yeah, he, he basically set about just, you know, trying to set the expectations for, you know, the 98% of the people who didn't know exactly what they were getting themselves into. Um, they, they, Jeremy, uh, also, they ran out of pregame music, man. We were there for an hour. Um, yeah, how much, how much is a Spotify premium? Is it like $10 for a month? <laughs> That the the Schaumburg, the Wintrust Field, they can't buy an account and just like create a long Spotify playlist that's not gonna just loop <laughs> the same ten songs. Yeah, I mean we heard um we, we definitely heard uh the proclaimers like, Well, you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, I will walk five hundred miles. And there there was this one song, man. I don't know who the fuck put this song on the playlist, but it, the the chorus was something like, "I wish I never met your ass." Sometimes <laughs> it's gotta be like that, and then like it just kept saying the word "ass." Yes, I mean, yeah. like who? This is a family event. I'm, hey, I'm no <laughs> I'm no prude, but uh, yeah, this is a family event, man. That's not ballpark music. What are you doing? seems like they would have caught that one. Um, and, and, and so, so that even like, so that, uh, amplifies like the, the point of like, how could they have not found more music? Because my guess would have been that they have like a list of pre-approved songs that they, that they could play like during the game. And like, so if they need to, to stretch, they can't just be pulling anything off of YouTube or whatever. Um, but they have a song that says ass in it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, go ahead and just, you know, someone plug in their, their iPod and, and just, you know, change it up a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so definitely we, we looped the, the playlist looped, um, at least once, uh, during it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was starting to like learn some of these songs that these, these like cheat, these like bad, like club songs. Like there was one like feeling good like i should <laughs> like, like i just remember like that um i i was like i'm like should i sing this like like i'm like no i won't forget the melody luckily i have forgotten the melody um but they had clearly ran out and uh one thing that happened later on in the game which we could talk about at this point is that um they so they had the nerve to tweet uh or to to announce like after like the second inning or something like Fans, if there's any songs you'd like to hear, any requests uh, that you'd like to make, uh, please tweet uh, to us at Wintrust Field. And so, like, so I, I, I like knocked on, I like, I like elbow Jack. I'm like, we should tweet, like, we want to hear the the 500 miles song again. And so, so I, I saw, so, so we actually tweeted from Rain Delay Theater um, to to Wintrust Field uh, to play, like, that was our song request. And uh, I, 
thought like they were gonna reply back with like fuck off or something but uh i don't even i don't even think they, they gave, i don't even think they gave it like the sarcastic like they just ignored it so which is probably probably the way to go with with internet trolls like ourselves yeah I well I, I was gonna say they i wonder if they knew they were we were trolling if they if they right. in fact saw the tweet they probably did they played that that uh proclaimer song three times i think it was jeremy like i think yeah. i heard it I, I know I heard it twice. I think I heard it three times. Yeah. So it was a good bit of trolling on our part. They never actually did announce, like, who won that. Or I, I would assume that maybe, you know, the person who put, like, YMCA did it because they played YMCA. <laughs> right. So, and, and it made Wes Helms dance. But, uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But I, I don't know. They never actually, like, announced a winner, like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, Jeff Smith wants us to play this song, you know, so I, I don't I don't know what the outcome of that was. Yeah, I don't even know if it was even like it's supposed to be that interactive. It's just like if you hear your song, cool. If you don't, then, uh, you, you know, you fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so so anyway, so we're still in pregame here, folks, but we, we sat around long enough to where this is where most of the stuff happened. But yeah, um, so so they did have a thing um, at the stadium. They this concession stands were not open, but they did serve food. So what you had to do was you had to tweet like, you know, boomers to like a certain number. Um, they would tweet you back with a link to an online menu and then you would uh, you would you would order and then you could pay with your credit card from your phone. And then they would you would put in like your seat location and they would come down and bring you your food. Jack, you uh, started off with a water, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, I got myself a water. Jeremy, you got a you got a uh, diet Pepsi, right? I got a diet Pepsi and a cheeseburger. Nice. How was that burger? Uh, burger was okay. I give it a, I give it a B, you know? Yeah. You you didn't, you didn't seem very enthusiastic about it when I asked you, you just kind of, I asked you how it was and you just kind of shrugged, but I, (laughs) I, I think you were looking also looking for napkins because they didn't give you any napkins. Yeah. No napkins. It did come in a plastic bag, uh, which I guess made easy for for easy uh, cleanup. Although I kind of stuffed it in the, the cup holder in front of me, but, um, yeah, so I was, I was kind of looking for napkins. I, I asked Jack went on a bathroom run. I was, I was hoping uh, that uh, he could find some napkins, uh, but but they no didn't, yeah, they didn't have nothing out there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems a bit like an oversight on the food delivery delivery people, but um, so I'm eating this burger, and like, yeah, I would say any burger is a, a B uh, baseline. So so yeah, it was it was a sure. it was a, a it was a replacement level burger, uh, let's say. <laughs> um, and um, but uh, one thing that happened, uh, there was um. You know, and we should start talking about the fans around us. I think at this point, but uh, sure, um, there was uh, there was there were two like older ladies who showed up, kind of like a little later on, um, uh, and they uh, by later on I should say like we were there like an hour early, so they showed up at probably a normal time, but um, they were sitting down and like I was eating this burger and like you know without warning, all of a sudden I feel like accosted to my left side with like an with like this older lady kind of like like looming over me and she's like, excuse me, where did you get that food? How did you get that food? And like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, um, uh, and like, it just completely threw me off. And again, folks, you know, I'm still, you know, again, I'm still, I've settled down a little bit, but there, a part of me is still reeling from this whole experience. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to eat this burger and enjoy myself and kind of come up with my, my, you know, my letter grade. And, and she's like, where did you get that food? And um, I'm like, uh, you have to, she's like, where, where was the stands? I didn't see any stands. And like, I'm like, um, and I, and so like, I'm trying to like answer her, but then I'm like, I'm, I don't have my mask on at this point. And she had put her mask on and 
I'm like, you know, what's the courteous thing to do here? Like, so I had this, like, I had like a gator on. And so I was trying to like pull that up as I talked to her, but I was also like chewing my burger. Um, <laughs> and she was just like, she was grilling me with questions about, about where to get this food. And I'm like, uh, you, you have to order it from your phone. And she's like, oh, but I want to pick my food first. Like she, I think she thought I made this joke, Jack, that you just tweet at them, like, you know, hot dog. And then they show up with a hot dog. Right. I think in this mind, this lady like really thought that that's how it went down. And she, she was like, I want to have a choice. And I'm like, I'm like, and I try to explain, I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 you, you tweet. And then they write you back and then they, they give you a site to go to. And, uh, she's like, oh, but, but you know, but how, how do you pick it or whatever? And she was, she just was like, kind of wasn't getting it, but I was also trying to like figure out to, do I put my mask on or what? So I eventually, I just pulled up my gator and I tried to have this conversation with her. But, you know, sometimes you can't just pull it up and just in one swoop. You kind of have to, like, get it settled. And, you know, I wear glasses, and that's a whole uh, thing. And she's she's not letting up with the questions um, while I'm trying to figure this out. So finally I just said, like, it sends you to a website, and you order from a website. And she's like, oh, okay, perfect. And then she just walked away. away. Um, And, uh, you know, so I don't know. I was trying to be courteous. I heard her make a remark because they were sitting, like, directly – in front of some people, which I have a feeling those people weren't in their right seats. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we called them the South Side crew. Uh, we yeah. can get to that in a second, but um, but yeah. Uh, so I thought they were maybe concerned. They were older people, maybe they were older people. So I was like, maybe they're concerned about being around unmasked people, which uh, is totally understandable. Of course, you did choose to go to a baseball game uh, in the middle of a pandemic, but um, you know, uh, so. So I was trying to be courteous, but this lady was just like right on me and like just unrelenting. And uh, so that was, I, you know, it shook me up a little bit, Jack. Yeah, well, I, well, we should reiterate, Jeremy, that she was right up in your grill, too. Yeah, this, yeah, entire, yeah. this entire conversation easily could have taken place from three feet away from each other, um, yeah. especially since she was loud enough. Her voice carried and the urgency, <laughs> the urgency in her voice and her proximity to you, like uh, caused like tension in both of in, in your voice to, to where instead of like giving her food advice you guys may as well have been in a mexican standoff um <laughs> sure. just as far as like how how like tense the conversation became um and yeah I, I hear you jeremy like she she came up and she got in your grill and and you were chewing you were right in the middle of eating your burger so yeah. you know i've if you you know i i've had the experience a couple of times where I've been eating something and I had to put my mask up while I was chewing. Yeah. And that's like a, uh, in, that's an unpleasant experience. Yeah. Because totally. A, you don't want to get any food on the inside of your mask, but also, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it feels like the mask is almost pushing on your mouth. So it's almost like someone is like trying to push the food down your throat or something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, like you said, she wasn't getting what you were trying to tell her. And I mean, yeah. she was an older lady, so she probably, you know, she may not have been, um, you know, all, all up on, you know, the latest texting and, you know, and, and whatever, but you know, maybe she was, I don't know, but she, she clearly she wasn't yeah. getting what you were saying. So the conversation took about three times longer than it should have. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I wrote in my notes, Jeremy terrorized by like lady asking about burger. So, and she, she was like, this lady was a terror for like a little while. Um, you would think after a year, people would at least know like, hey, if I'm going to ask somebody about something, like I'm just, I'm going to keep my distance a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. This you was like, kind of like wave at him before you, you come on. You wave to get the okay to come over. You know, it's like, yeah, this lady yeah. was right, right there, man. The main thing. Yeah. The main thing was the distance. And even though we, as we pointed out, we are both vaccinated. She didn't know you were vaccinated. So, right, you exactly. know, 
Hey, that's on that's on her. But um, you know, anyway, uh, yeah, we had a, a, a. I had gone up to go to the bathroom um, a little a little while after that, and when I came back, I couldn't get um, get like back into our row um, because like uh, what I had been doing, like the row the row in front of us was perfectly clear, so I had just been stepping uh, like onto the seat in the front row and, and the row in front of us and going to the bathroom that way instead of having to like you know push through we were in the middle of our section so instead of having to push through the uh, end there and the other people i was just going in uh down in the row below us so a, a lady an older couple had moved down into that row when i'd gotten back from the bathroom so i had to take like a roundabout way to get back to our seats without having to push through anybody um and we, even when i got back her, she, her and her husband were like cleaning these seats off what, what were they what were they doing it was like they had like it was like a fucking cleaning crew Cleaning yeah. these seats off with like that gloves on and everything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so they showed up and um, they they were older. I think even older than the the food lady. Um, the 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 man, bless his heart, was like wearing two masks and wearing gloves. Yeah. And again, it's like, you know, I think respect the ma- mask policy. Uh, obviously, like you know, be careful. But if you're if you're like a double masker, like gloves rubber gloves kind of guy it's like should you really be going to a baseball game like <laughs> you know and like so i don't i don't i'm not sure what was up with that they didn't seem like scared necessarily so basically jack what happened was the woman the woman was sta- like they got there the husband put down his bag and he had like all kinds of seat cushions and fucking foam devices like all kinds of shit um and he immediately kind of like left and the woman was standing and she turned around to the people like who were behind her, which were like they were still like two rows behind her, but but they were directly behind her. And she's like, oh, I'll sit down as soon as my husband comes back with with towels to clean off the bird poop. Ha ha ha. ha. And like she started like laughing. So like apparently there was bird poop on their seats. Uh, and the husband like went and got some napkins. He managed to find some napkins somehow. I think he pulled them straight from the bathroom. Which yeah, he yeah, and Jeremy, I was gonna, I was like, should I bring Jeremy the bathroom towels? But yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know if I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I I would say like you know, given the choice of what to rub my face on, I I wouldn't want to necessarily pick some towels that were hanging out in the men's bathroom. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate that that judgment call there, Jack. I think it was the right one. Um, but, uh, but so he, he brought some wet napkins to clean off bird poop. And he was like, he was rubbing down like about three, four seats. Um, and then finally, I guess they sat down or whatever. Um, but, uh, and, and I think it was, everything was fine, but, uh, um, but yeah, so they, uh, that, that was what they were doing. Um, the lady, uh, too, later on, I should, I should mention her. She was wearing like this kind of like floppy hat, like one of those like bucket hats, like, you know, like the traditional floppy hat sort of thing. And um, there was a play. I, I think it must have been in the top of the fourth. Um, Andrew Romine hit a like a shallow pop fly into center field. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where like the center fielder came all the way in. Um, this The second baseman and shortstop kind of came out. And, you know, sometimes there's collisions on those, I guess, sometimes. Not not often. Uh, but the lady, I looked over at the lady and she grabbed the sides of her floppy hat. Like she was like she was watching like two fucking like Mack trucks, like heading, heading full steam at each other. Like she's like, oh, no, like she grabbed her, like, her floppy hat like this guy was going to die, like collide with the shortstop and die. Um, and, you know, it was fine. Mikey Matuk just caught it. 
and uh, you know, no harm, no foul, like not even really a close call. But I did see her grab her floppy hat like she got. Oh, scared. that's great! I remember that play too. That just that shallow pop fly into yeah. center. Oh man, yeah. I did not did not see the lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I uh, uh, to our left, Jeremy. So this lady was to to our right. This older couple. I, I had kind of thought they were going to be more factors than they um mm-hmm. like, than they were because like just like they had such a big entrance. But then they kind of just sat and watched the game and and didn't really do anything the rest of the game. But the people who were sitting up and to our left, Jeremy, I looked. If you if you had looked up and to our left, you would not have seen a single person wearing their mask. Not no. a single. Not a single person. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not not at all. And um, <clears throat> these uh, the trio, which we're calling the South Side Crew. Um, right. They were. Um, and I actually think one of them was wearing a Cubs uh, sweatshirt. Like, but. The, the most prominent one, I would say, uh, was was decked out in a White Sox gear. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I didn't see a Cubs logo, but she was wearing like a like a blue and like red hoodie or something. But yeah, no mask at any point whatsoever. I, I was questioning whether they even had masks on them. Yeah. Uh, I and when, when you say at any point. Yeah. They never even they never even did the chin strap thing. They just right, didn't have yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And like and, and the, uh, you know, bless his. So the announcer kept saying, like, you know, folks, uh, you know, you must wear a mask. Anyone two years or older must wear a mask at all times except when eating food. And it's just like it's just that it's the least police. It's like least it's less police than, you know, uh, pitchers having pine tar behind their uh, ear or something. (laughs) Uh, It's just not it. There is no one policing this rule. And um, you you kind of um, rely on the decency of other humans and. Uh, what does that get you is like, you know, half a stadium with no masks. Um, well, so, I mean, yeah. what it should be, Jeremy, is that it sh- they should have ballpark staff like ushers and whatnot uh, going around and telling people to put their masks up. Um, right. I mean, that's what, you know, like they do on Amtrak trains and, and wherever else. Just, you know, the staff should be responsible <laughs> for like telling people who are noncompliant to put their masks up. But like you said, it's not policed. And also the Schaumburg boomers are probably desperate to get people into that stadium. And they don't want people leaving the stadium saying, Oh yeah, there's such assholes about masks. Like we're never going to go back there. Um, I feel like there would be like an instant, like protest rally, like, like drummed up as soon as someone was told to put their mask on. So (laughs) I don't know, man, I, I just, no one wants to deal with that. And quite honestly, I don't want to deal with it either. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to, um, uh have a fucking like scene break out when I'm trying to watch a baseball game. It's like This is true. You know, and so anyway, so just no mask whatsoever. Um that was the Southside crew. Uh uh I'm trying to think of who else. Um I, I don't know if there was anything else really with them. Um but uh there was um funny a couple other funny people around us. Uh there was a, a guy um kind of like an older guy and a, and a younger guy, probably his son um, showed up and the, the son was wearing a white socks. He was, he was wearing an uniform Jack. Yep. Um, white first socks. One of the year. Yeah. Well, first one of the year, white socks hat brewers uh, jacket, like an official jacket. Like it was an know. official jacket. It was a nice brewers jacket yeah. too. It was, um, it was from with their old logo uh, by old logo. I mean the one they had like three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was that with the, with the M that's kind of a swish in the, um, the, uh, the barley. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, uh, uh, it was an uniform. Jeremy, you even asked me, you're like, Hey, you going to identify with that guy? Cause you got the brewer's hat on. <laughs> right, I was Jack. like, no, I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Jack was wearing his brewer's hat. I was, wearing I was, I was, yeah, I was wearing my, my new, my new brewer's hat, my brand spanking new brewer's hat, uh, looked good in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the, the kid had an uniform on and he, he ended up, I, I don't know. Was he a kid, Jeremy? How old was he? What he was he well, like 16 years old? No, no, no. I, I mean, I think he was, I think he might've been in his early twenties. Um, he had like <laughs> yeah. a, he had like a full beard under that, under his mask. Did he really? Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure he had like long hair and like a beard. He looked hippie ish, but, um, but yeah. Um, well, so we, we, oh, we might as well just talk about his big incident now. Should we? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Let's talk. Okay. About it. Well, so there was uh it was after an inning. It was at the end of an inning. Um, Nick Mendick, uh, must've caught a pop-up. He ended up with the ball somehow and he threw you. So, you know, they have the nets pretty much protruding out, uh, through all the stands, um, all the way, all the way through the stands. So if a player is going to do the thing where they throw the ball to a, a crowd member, um, they got to They got to throw a high pop fly. They got to throw it way up. Yep. So Nick Mendick, you know, uh, this, this kid with, I keep calling him a kid. He, like you said, he's probably in his early twenties, this guy with the uniform on, uh, and like several other kids in the stands are calling for the ball. And so, <laughs> yes. you know, this, this guy is like, he's like six foot two. He's like a tall, he's tall. And so Nick Mendick throws the pop. He throws a pop up up, and this this guy's got a glove. He's got a glove on. He tries to catch the pop up. Completely whiffs on it. It bounces off of his glove, <laughs> and then he sprints down. It like it the ball bounced like a couple rows in front of him, and he sprints down and grabs it like before this like little seven year old like uh, kid could could get it, and yeah. just completely takes the ball away from this seven year old kid. The ball should have been the seven year old kid's. Um, and then like the, this, this guy in the brewer's jacket, like takes it and he said something cause the, this little kid was with his, uh, with his mom. Yeah. Um, and the, the guy who got the ball in the brewer's jacket, he said something to the mom and the kid. It could have been like, do you want, uh, do you want this ball? But it also could have been like, yeah, tough shit, you know, something like that. I don't know what yeah. the guy said. It probably wasn't because they, you know, they, they, the mom and kid kind of shook their heads, but like, yeah, yeah man, or- this guy just fucking took a ball away from a kid. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't even be surprised if he said something like, "Hey, uh, you know, did I get in your way or something?" But like, not actually offering to give the ball to the kid. I don't right. know, but yeah, because like, yeah, I mean, it's like, dude, you're there with a mat with a with a glove on. The guy throws like a, a pop fly, like like you know, it's not a line drive. It's not even like thrown like on a line, like with distance to like try to get it up to you. It was like a, it was like a lob. Granted, it was high in the air, but you have a friggin' you brought a glove to the game. You whiffed. The ball bounces like th- three, four rows a- away from you. You lost. It's over for you. You're done. You you don't get that ball. Like you you just hope you get another shot and don't blow it. And then like of course it goes by a kid. Like the mom was yeah trying to help get the kid the ball and and then you run and you grab it. It's like dude, you don't deserve that ball anymore. Like you no. you you blew it. You blew it. He you had a bow- glove and you blew it. He went bound. Yeah, it's like it's like Robert De Niro said in Copland. You know, I gave you your shot and you blew it. Like that was that was what happened. And the kid, the guy went bounding after the ball too. Yeah. Man, he was desperate for yeah. that ball. Do you do you remember what you said like after that incident happened, Joe? Do you remember what you said to me? I don't remember exactly. Yeah, you said like yeah, if you if you have a glove and you miss a, ball, a pop fly like that, you should go and fucking flagellate yourself. That was what you. <laughs> That's what you said to me. That was yeah. fucking funny, man. Yeah, just take 
just take like you know a, a, a twizzler rope like a red licorice rope and just self-flagellate <laughs> over you know in the corner um yeah yeah just fucking just pathetic just just pathetic i mean it's like you know I, honestly like i think people get made fun of for bringing mitts to games i'm not opposed to that but it's like you got to make you got to make the play and if you don't you let it go, man, because you blew it. It's your shot was that was your shot, and you 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 whiffed, so it's over. Yep. Um, yeah. So Jack, there was another guy who was yelling stuff, but I don't know. I'm not sure if you know. Was it the guy who was with Brewers guy, or was it a different whole guy all altogether? Yeah, Jeremy, because I didn't really look because like th- they were too yeah. close to me. Right, where if right. I had like looked back, it would have been obvious like that I was like I had heard heard this guy and like looked to see who it was. So I had I have no idea. Okay. But this guy was this guy was priceless, dude. Um, yeah. Uh, I I, I mean I, I remember back in our when we went to that Lansing game, there was a guy who like the a pitcher was doing real bad, and the guy yelled, "Come on, get the bullpen going!" And then <laughs> yeah. there was a there was a foul ball, and the guy went foul ball. <laughs> like he was just he was just he was just yelling shit, and that's that's what this guy was doing. Yeah, um, yelling obvious shit that anyone who's there knows was was also watching and, and also saw it. So yes, um, at one point, so this this is the I, I think this is the same guy who was just yelling all this other stuff. But at, at one point, Ronaldo Lopez was on the mound. He was having a great outing, and this guy goes, "Come on, Renato!" Like he <laughs> he clearly he he didn't know Ronaldo Lopez had been pitching for like the last hour and a half. And this guy didn't know, like, the guy didn't know who, the, what his name was, but he, he was cheering him on anyway. Jack, um, Jack, I heard, I thought I heard him call him Arenado. Okay. So. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was thinking Renato, <laughs> like Renato Nunez, but it could, it could be Arenado too. Oh, there's um, no way he knows who the fucking Renato Nunez is. There's no <laughs> fucking way. Like, I mean, maybe he said it, uh, you know, just not being able to say Ronaldo, but like, I, I could have swore he said Arenado. But. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it might have been Jeremy, and if, if I feel like if Renato Nunez ever ever played a game in front of that guy, he'd call he'd call him Ronaldo Nunez. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like it would just be one of those one of those mix ups. Um, so, w- w- real quick though, like to to stick on that point, um, because that that whole sequence was really funny, because he goes and that I'm I'm looking at my box score. That must have been in the fifth inning, the strikeout looking to Martini, maybe. Yes. Um, so yeah, so he goes like, yeah, come on, Arenado, strike him out or whatever. And then like, he throws like, he throws a strike and it's a, like a, 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 he throws a pitch and it's a strike and he goes strike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then Nick Martini strikes out, uh, looking and then he goes, grab some bench. And yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, that was that was a Hawk Harrelson thing, right? Yeah, Hawk, yeah. Hawk used to say, "Grab some bench." I think. Yeah, no, absolutely, he did. And like, I'll <laughs> say this: just actually, you know what? It's like we. It felt like we were. I mean, the, this is like the vocal majority or vocal minority, maybe of, of fans. Um, you know, White Sox fans, because this definitely, this very much felt like a White Sox crowd. Um, yes. Like they were a lot of them were pro White Sox, and there were Cubs fans there, but they weren't cheering probably because they knew that this game didn't really mean anything. Um, so again, not to throw shade at the White Sox fans, but like they were the one, if, if anyone didn't know what was happening, my guess is they were wearing black and, and gray. <laughs> and it, it's just goes back to that little brother complex that, uh, because I'm, Hey, I'm not, yeah. I'm a neutral party in this, but like White Sox yeah. fans definitely have a little brother complex when it comes to the Cubs. And so just any opportunity for the White Sox to beat the Cubs in anything even if it's like a meaningless game, it's like a big, uh, a, a big deal uh, mm-hmm. for Sox fans. 
So the the game only my favorite one that this guy said was yeah. the game the game only ended up going six innings. Um, and the White Sox were winning one to nothing, and then they uh, you know they pitched a combined perfect game. Ronaldo yes. Lopez and Tehran Guerrero. So the White Sox uh, Cub, Cubs got announcement there. Big yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, we we saw a combined perfect game. We did, we did, and we'll we'll dive we'll dive deeper into that um, a little bit later in the in the the podcast here. But uh, yeah, so the Cubs got completely shut down, and the announcer had said it was only going six six innings. So naturally, if the home team is winning, the White Sox the White Sox were the home team in this game, and they were winning. But they decided to play the bottom of the sixth anyways, just to get um, just to get the guys more at bats, and maybe uh, maybe to get the Cubs pitcher Cole Stewart. A few more pitches. Um, so, yeah. so they play the bottom of the sixth for the hell of it. So the first guy comes up to the plate and he he makes out, um, and then uh, Danny Mendick comes yeah. comes up to bat. Now Danny <laughs> Mendick is a guy who's been in the major leagues. Was he, in the major he, leagues I, yesterday? Yeah, yeah, he was in the major leagues yesterday. So yes. he, he's definitely wants to be back in the major leagues as soon as he can. So he um, also was um, at one point um, uh, when one of the I think it was. Uh, Oh, when they had a guy, it was when they scored their only run. Um, Mendick like made out, made an out, and he got right into the dugout on the top step and was was yelling to uh, Tim Beckham like, "Come on, drive him in!" Like he was the only like pitcher, like player that I heard yell something like, you know, in support of his teammates in about an in-game situation. He was the only yeah. one who yelled something like that. So this is Danny Mendick. Go ahead, Jack. Sure. Um, so anyway, Danny Mendick hits a, he hits kind of a, a weak grounder. Um, and it, it's pretty obvious the moment the ball leaves the bat that he's going to be out easily. It was a grounder um, to third and base. Let's remember that this game is decided. This yes, game is decided. It's over. It's over. They're playing this inning just to get a little, a few more reps. Yep. And so uh, Danny Mendick kind of dogs it, rightfully so. He, he dogs he, it. He, Jack, he didn't even dog it. He didn't even <laughs> dog it. Not at all did he dog. Jack, it was a completely normal play. He did. I, I won't accept that he didn't dog it at all. But again, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he runs. Uh, he runs down the first baseline, and this guy is this guy behind us goes, "Come on, hustle, hustle." <laughs> you, you know, Jeremy, I have a uh, I have a friend who who tore his meniscus in a flag football game, um, yeah. and Danny Mendick here. He's probably not like busting his ass full on down the line because the guy doesn't want to fucking pull his hamstring and be out for two months and then be, you know, be 12th on the pecking order to get back to the major leagues, a place he just was yesterday. Like my friend who got injured in that flag football game, there was more at stake in that flag football game than there was in the bottom of the sixth inning of this alternate site game that had (laughs) already been decided. And yet this guy is, this guy is telling Danny Mendick to hustle down the first baseline. I Jack, the I game said, was one. The game was won. It was over. It was going through the motions. This fucking idiot had the nerve to tell Danny Mendick to hustle. And I, <laughs> Jack, I told you at the time, I'm like, if I was Danny Mendick and someone told me to fucking hustle in that situation, I would stop running. I would turn my body like the fucking T-1000. I would set my sights on this guy, and I would, I would charge the stands. I would rip through the, the, the net, and I would tear this guy's face off. <laughs> Like you're telling me to fucking hustle? You're again, you're nothing. You're nobody. The, you don't know what is going on here and you say hustle? Fuck you. You're fucking done. You're I'll pulverize you with my fucking bat. You idiot. It's true, Jeremy. Um, hustle. Hey, hustle. Shut the fuck up, you idiot. Shut up. 
Take your idiot kid in the uniform who can't catch a ball and go the fuck home. I don't know what town you're from, Schaumburg or Hoffman Estates or fucking Palatine. Get out of here and go home and don't show your face in a major league stadium ever, ever. Yeah, uh, that, that, that pretty much sums it up, Jeremy. Um, who was that guy that said ever, ever? Oh, that's Mike Schilt. <laughs> You, yeah, you got you yeah, so yeah, yeah. got you so worked up that you uh <laughs> you talk like Mike Schilt right took there a you know yeah yeah, yeah. nobody <laughs> yeah, he said nobody fucks with us ever ever, ever. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah Jeremy it was uh it was ridiculous it was just a a, a, a situation of just completely not understanding what the context was <laughs> hustle hustle oh. he tells Danny Mendick to hustle in the bottom <laughs> and, of the six of a t- of a game that is done yeah. I, I almost felt sorry for those guys that they had to play. The, I felt sorry for Cole Stewart that he had to go out there and pitch another inning. It was like, sure. you know, they probably only played that to make the people who who paid feel like they got their money's worth. Um, I mean, that or to get Tim Remillard in at bat. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Tim, Tim Remillard. Um, yeah, he's uh, Jeremy. I was going to say he sounds like the name of a John Claude Van Damme character. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's got to have a, a an English first name and a French last name. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, you said he went. He went to Coastal Carolina. Uh, yeah, he was just kind of a, a strange looking dude. He looked like uh he, he looked like a, a the type of guy who like hung out with the the stoners crowd or like the you know the gearheads crowd in high school. He didn't look like <laughs> didn't look like a baseball player. Sure. Well, Jay, you got you got more of a scouting report on this guy than I think anyone in 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 affiliated ball. I I. <laughs> I didn't even really give him a second look. I like I, I saw that he took an at bat. Uh, he made the last out of the game, uh, but um, yeah, it was an it was an FP three. Yeah, which is actually it was kind of a cool play because we all like looked up because we were in a position where we had to look up to make sure the ball wasn't going to come to us. And then you look right down and PJ Higgins just like snagged it out of the air and ball game was over, which is pretty cool. But um, but yes, Tim Remler, I don't know. Like yeah, I mean that's what they've done. They you know they've done that in some of the spring training games. Um, you know, just to play out like an inning or whatever. Um, and it's not like the Cubs got put in another pitcher. So I don't know if they wanted just five full innings for Stewart. I mean, hell, maybe they're stretching Stewart out to come up to the majors. They, they certainly can fucking use them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, but I mean, again, yeah, hustle. I mean, that's rich, buddy. Like, just <laughs> fucking, just shut your fucking mouth, dude. Hustle. I can't, when, what have you ever hustled for? Anyway, what a, what a, what a zero. Um, anyway, um, so, all right, so let's take it back a little bit, Jack. Um, uh, I think that's kind of, well, well, Jack, I don't know. I mean, that was a time as good as any, I mean, fan of the game, right? Fan of the game. Yeah. This guy. Sure. Honestly. Yeah. And I never, never saw him, but I'll I'll remember his voice for the rest of my life. You know, I mean, I I haven't forgotten, get the bullpen guy going from Lansing. Like there's just, there's some guys, man. There's some guys who just know exactly what to yell and it's going to be memorable. I had actually forgotten. Thank you for reminding me about grab some bench. Cause that was, uh, it's like, that's just a, that's just a a Hawk Harrelson ism. And like, clearly this is the type of white Sox fan who is on board with anything Hawk Harrelson has to say. Yeah, no, it's his job to, to still utter Hawkisms after the man has retired and gone away. It's like, <laughs> I got to go to South Bend and yell, grab some bench when a guy strikes out in a meaningless game. Like, all right, buddy, thanks a lot for keeping up the fucking White Sox uh, tradition and, and, you know, keeping keeping the colors running there, buddy. 
Yeah. So this this dude, whoever he was, uh, fan of the game. Uh, I love it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Jeremy, you wrote "Baby Come Back." Is that? Yeah. Well, um, so they one of the things, uh, you know, we've we've talked about this, like kind of the little quirks that they do um, at at uh, like minor league games when a when a foul ball like kind of goes away or whatever. Like, and so I thought it was kind of funny, like. When a foul ball would would um, fly over the 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 seats uh, into like kind of no man's land, they would play "Baby Come Back," like, and that was it. They would just play like that part of the song. Oh, I uh, didn't I, I didn't catch that. That's yeah, funny. They were playing I, it. You know, sometimes they play it and like you, they play like a, a window breaking sound yes, effect. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna. I remember that one. Honestly, that's kind of a macabre thing to play because it's like, yeah, man. I mean, that's probably actually happened that a foul ball has broken oh, yeah. somebody's window. Um yeah. And I would be pissed. Yeah. If it absolutely. Happened to me. Yeah. If you if you go to the uh, South Bend Cubs Stadium, like you park like kind of right out there, uh, and like, yeah, absolutely, your window could get broken. No problem. <laughs> um, they also had a fifth inning stretch. Jeremy, we've, we've been to a, f- a 14th inning stretch at a White Sox game, but this was the first ever fifth inning stretch. I Actually, I wonder yeah. what they do at the seven inning doubleheader games. I wonder if they do like a three and a half inning stretch uh, or a fifth inning stretch. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, because you know they're doing something. So that's uh, that's something. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get to a seven inning doubleheader uh, this year, but um, that'll be something to, to find out, I guess. Yeah, so they did do a, a fifth inning stretch. The uh, the PA announcer again. He he led he led everybody through that, and he you He's know sang it. Yeah, he did. He did sing it. It was a little weird, and he definitely he didn't sing all the words. No, um, he did the like thing with the mic. You know, uh, with our favorite guy from karaoke does where he holds right. the mic out to the people uh, to sing along. Um, I'm not even sure if we've ever talked about that on the podcast, but oh yeah, no, it was like a Fallout Boy song, and the guy like instead of singing the song, he just put his microphone out and like he wrote the song. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if we've ever we probably brought it up before, but yeah. yeah, did he do that? Did you see him up there in the he, in the he, in the press he, box? Yeah, he did it like you know Harry Carey style, like at some sure. point, and so. You know, again, like, I mean, there might have been some people there who thought they were at Wrigley Field in, you know, 1995 watching Harry Carey sing, take me out of the ball game. I don't know. But um, but yeah, so they did a little uh, seventh <laughs> inning stretch or fifth inning stretch there, um, which they had to adjust on the fly, I think, because it was only six innings. Um, so they were they were on the ball there. Um, but uh, Jack, one thing. OK, so one takeaway that I, I, I think is, is we really need to talk about, too, is like, um, you know, hair was the, um, you know, was kind of like a, the running a running theme in this game. Uh, we talked about uh, Wes Helms's hair already. Uh, I should note that Nick Nick Williams, uh, you know, former uh, Philly, um, you know, uh, and he's he's accepted it at this point, not like Mikey Ma took. Um, <laughs> but uh, Nick Williams, uh, you know, was with the Philly, came up with the Phillies. He's on the White Sox. He was up this year at some point. He was in this game. Uh, also had good hair. I don't know if you noticed that, Jack. He did. I did notice Nick Williams had good hair, and I, yeah. I did not know that about Nick Williams. But yeah, he he looked like he hadn't cut it in a while. But uh, yeah, his hair his hair looked uh, his hair looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. Oh, go oh, ahead. Go, no, go ahead. What? I was just gonna say, yeah, he was he was over ten on the year. I, I looked up his stats <laughs> okay. with with the with the White Sox. So okay. yeah. Okay. No wonder he's back in Schaumburg, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, I gotta say, all of these, all of them compare uh, paled in comparison to. Um, guy who I'm deeming at least uh, model umpire. And I don't know if that's model slash umpire, um, but uh, this home plate umpire, I don't know who he was, but um, he, uh, he, I don't think he belongs on the diamond. I think he belongs in Hollywood. 
Yeah, Jeremy, I um, when, when you say model umpire, you're not talking about a guy who just gets all of his calls right. You right, know, no. A guy who's just really lauded for his, uh, his strike zone. Um, never misses a call. No, this we're, we're saying model umpire like this guy is, uh, uh, he should be a Calvin Klein model. You yeah. know, like this dude's hair, uh, I, I want to find out who this guy was. He was number 74. His umpire number was 74. Okay. Um, he looked like, I, uh, he was like a big wiry guy. I thought he looked a little bit like Gary Cole, um, the actor Gary Cole, so you can Google him. But, but uh, his, yeah, his but, hair, but, yeah. But with like, with like, flowing hair because i feel like gary cole kind of has like curly hair a little bit this sure this guy had like like wavy hair like i was trying to like like he looked like john cusack from like you know from a, a movie in 1985 or 1987 or something like he he like had like really he had like good hair um i was trying to like like noah wiley a little bit back in like the er days or something like there, there's there's a there's a better comp there but i just i can't put my finger on it but but yeah he was like tall skinny uh wiry um uh and just like with with good flow on top and uh yeah it was it was very odd he came he came over to talk to Wes Helms uh before the game started and um I thought that he looked I to me he looked like a 20 year old kid or something Jack thought he was maybe yeah, a little older I, I think but. he must have been about 50 um yeah if you look at uh Jeremy yeah if you look up Nathan W Pyle Pyle is spelled P Y L E he looked a little bit like that guy. He, that guy's a, uh, he writes co- uh, comics. He's a, a comic book artist. Um, but uh, yeah, so like, um, but he he was probably I thought about in his forty five or fifty. But yeah, for for being that age, the guy had a the guy had a heck of a, a good head of hair. So yeah. um, you know, I know Ian Happ is on those uh, those hair uh, hair <laughs> billboards now. Yeah, that, the uh, and Sand- Yeah, what is it called? What is it called? Well, restore. Yeah, restore. But like they should, they should put this guy on those. You know, I don't care if he ever needed product to restore it. Just put him on there. You know, he's he's what you would aspire to be if you were his age and you want your hair to look like that. Yeah, yeah. All, all the restore clients are trying to look like this guy. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that was um. I it was just oh he also had Jack. He also had a a really funny strikeout call too. Like I'm trying to to explain it. It's a vision. You know, in in this audio medium, like. It kind of looked like, you know, like kind of when you, when you like, you know, when you do, when you, you know, get a strike in bowling or like, you know, kind of like Kirk Gibson, like the, the fist pump, like that kind of thing. But like, imagine going straight up in the air and then pulling it down. Like, yes. <laughs> like one of those, just like a slow, like, yes. <laughs> like in, in, uh, in celebration, that was his strikeout call. Yeah. Uh, he it certainly did funny. it. Did it with a flourish, um, yeah. you know, and, and Jeremy, I don't think we've ever really talked about this, but there are some umpires that have like eccentric punch outs oh yeah um yeah that's probably got to be part of the fun of being an umpire you know you have your own your own style that you choose it's like a finishing move in wrestling mm-hmm. and, you know um you get to pick your own strikeout call I, I i'd like to think that i would have an eccentric strikeout call if i was an umpire but i, I kind of don't think i would i would you know I, I feel like that's not my personality sure, um, sure but yeah you got you got to appreciate the guys who have it because it's you know it's a, it's a beautiful thing I remember Tim McClellan's call would be, he would almost like turn completely like 90 degrees away and just like make a strike signal. I remember, I think it was like Eric Gregg uh, would, would make like the, Hur! like, like he would like kind of like, you know, punch his fists like up in the air, like to like his shoulder. Like, yeah, there's, there's some great ones through the years. Um, and this guy's was pretty good. I got to say, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so we uh, uh, so so the game ended uh, after six innings. Um, it ended with a whimper. Um, just the overall level of play in this game was was you know for, for the uh, the level of talent that we saw. Uh, the level of play was pretty bad. I think part of that had to do with the fact that the Cubs were late. I don't know if, you know, because it was their last night in South Bend, if they all just, you know, went out to the bars on the Notre Dame campus or something the night before. Right. And yeah. that's why they were late. They certainly played like it because they didn't get a single base runner. And I think the the White Sox were just pissed off because they had to wait an extra hour to start the game. All of the players had to be somewhere else. Probably they're probably all traveling right now to various minor league places across the country. None of them want to be going to the minors anyway. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it was just a, to- a, a generally the guys did not seem up for the game. Yeah, a total um, of four four hits total and one run total. So the White Sox won one nothing, um, but I mean yes, we saw a a combined perfect game, Jack. I mean like, and that I I noted the time it came up at one hour at the one hour fourteen minute mark, and it's like I guess that's about how like significant the 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 perfect the combined perfect game was in this context is that it didn't come up until an hour fourteen minutes into. Uh, the episode, but um, I mean, it's cool to say we were hoping that Ronaldo Lopez would stay in there um, to try to complete it. But obviously this is a developmental game folks. And um, so he had to come out he came out after five innings pitch struck out six and Teron Guerrero. Yeah. Closed the door. Um, it was cool to see, but it's like, it's kind of sad. It like ultimately doesn't count. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, we've talked about it, Jeremy, and I, I've even talked about it as recently as uh, the, one of the last podcasts. So, you know, it easily could have gone to that Rodon no hitter because I didn't have anything else going on that night. It was just way too cold to go to a baseball game. But um, yeah, I mean, you're one of the dreams is to go and, and see a no hitter and you could go to 100 baseball games a year and not see one. Um, yep. And so we finally did see one, and there was just there was no no juice behind it at all. Yeah. And they only played six innings, so it, it really didn't feel like a real one anyway. Yeah, I mean, even Madison Bumgarner managed to go one extra than that, right? Yeah, right, right. And I, I guess now is a good uh, as good a time as any to talk about that. We can talk about the last thing we saw uh, <clears throat> yeah. at the stadium in a second. But since 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 it was brought up, yeah, Madison Bumgarner, I think it was almost exactly. I think he did it on Sunday, so maybe it was five days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he pitched a no hitter in a seven inning double header, and people were saying that uh, you know he should be given the credit for pitching a no hitter. Jeremy, I'm, I'm going to have kind of a controversial take on this, but sure. I, I do not think he should be given credit for pitching a no-hitter. And here's why. Um, he, he, I believe he was at 98 pitches when that game ended um, after seven innings. Okay. So if it had been... Or I, I understand that like you know they, you can only play the game they ask you to play. You can, if, they, if they say it's seven innings, you can only play seven innings. It's not like they could have played more. So, you know, um, but hey, he was at 98 pitches. If it was a real nine inning baseball game he never would have pitched a no hitter at 98 innings i mean maybe if or 98 pitches maybe if dusty baker was his manager um and you knowing who madison bumgarner is and like knowing what his personality type is he probably would have wanted to go out there oh, for the eighth 100%. definitely 100 yeah. percent. but he, he would have taken him 120 pitches to throw that no hitter hey i'm not saying it was impossible <laughs> but he had a lot more work to do to get it um so i think to call that a no hitter is a little unfair to all of the guys who actually had to pitch a nine inning no hitter. Sure, um, so, sure. so I don't, I don't necessarily think it should be called considered a real no hitter, but I will say my other reasoning for that is that it makes these seven inning, it really casts a dark cloud over these seven inning games. It makes it, it's a huge eyesore. And cause I don't, I think these seven inning games should stop. They should play nine inning games. Even if they're doing double headers, play a nine inning game. Cause it changes the entire complexion 
of the game. If you're worried about arms, let the teams call up four more pitchers for these games, if that's what they're worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if, if nine innings in baseball isn't sacred, nothing in sports is, is sacred. <laughs> You know, so um, yeah, yeah. let let it cast a dark cloud over it. Let people think it's stupid. They should stop doing these seven inning games. (laughs) Well, Jack, of all the rules that they've instituted in the in the last couple of years, I probably have the least problem with the seven inning games just because they do seem to they they go by faster and it it kind of makes things a little more interesting. But I mean, yeah, I'm of the belief that they shouldn't change anything. Um, but, uh, that's the one, if, if, if someone made me pick one of them, I would probably take that one. But, um, and so like, I, I like the, the oddity of it, but, uh, obviously, yeah, to the people, to the players who, who threw nine inning games, uh, no hitters, or even to the guys who like lost no hitters in the ninth inning. I mean, it's like, it just wouldn't be right. Um, if you ask me if Madison Bumgarner's no hitter should count, I'll say no, just because, um, Well, if, if if Madison Bumgarner were to ask me, I would say, uh, in in the spirit of Kevin Spacey and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, because I don't like you. So <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, yeah, because he's a he's a he's an asshole. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I don't think it should count. Um, because he he wants it too bad. Um, so so yeah, but uh, I don't know. That was a that was a weird uh, that was a weird one. And I I mean even like. The, the word came out right away that it wasn't going to count. And then like, then I heard like, it was like MLB and um, <clears throat> like Elias sports bureau, like we're on the phone discussing whether it should be official or not, where it should be official, no hitter or not. Um, I guess they ultimately decided that it shouldn't count, but I don't that know. it should not count. So it, it's I, officially I, now been decided that it's not going I to be. I think so. I mean like, cause I did, I never heard anything to the contrary that it, that it ended up counting. So I, I think it eventually, I think it ultimately is going to be not recognized as an official no hitter, but interesting. Interesting. So. Yeah. And I mean, it, it takes something away for the fans too. Cause like, yeah, if you're going to attend a seven inning baseball game, you know, you should always have that excitement of like a guy, a guy is going to throw a, a no hitter in this well, game, but you know, that's it, the you, thing, Jack, if I was, the, if we were at the game, you know, I, I bet we would probably want to say that it counted. Right. But, but you yeah. know, but but yeah, but all things considered, um, you, I guess you just can't do it. No, no. Um, so the the last thing that happened, Jeremy, as we were at the stadium, uh, all the players the players got the fuck out of there pretty quick. The mm-hmm. only guy who was on the there was one guy on the phone for the Cubs. Ian, his name was Ian Miller. He yep. was like out on the field talking on his cell phone to you know God knows who. But um, and they but actually we said a, we said that it was probably his agent telling yeah. him to get it get him the hell out of Schaumburg. Yeah, get him get him in a new organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and he actually signed for a, a couple of, a uh, couple of guys. They looked like baseball freaks, to be honest with you. I think they <laughs> probably had like a couple Ian Miller cards. Um, but yeah, then the, uh, the Cubs manager, he, he was talking to some older, I don't know who the Cubs manager was. He looked like, uh, I mean, he, he had the, the build of like a Clint Hurdle type of guy and he did yeah. look a little bit older. I mean, it, it wasn't Clint Hurdle, but that, that was like how he was built. Um, and he, he had been talking to some other older guy like who was in the stands who came to the game as a fan so they must have been they must have been friends and then so the uh, the Cubs manager they finished up their conversation the Cubs manager like goes to walk back into that door behind home plate um, where the visitors clubhouse was and as he did that he saw a couple of uh, like four Cubs fans who were like about 10 rows up behind home plate and he like he tipped his cap to them 
and these fans just completely ignored him and like then this <laughs> manager like walked the rest of the way back to the dugout i felt kind of felt kind of sorry for him he was probably like hey like you know thanks for coming to the game these fans just ignored him yeah no it was yeah it, they were it was four like just just meatballs like sitting there in cubs jerseys and like <laughs> yeah there was the last ones around he gives a nice courteous tip of the cap like you know like uh uh, Casey Stengel probably did to some fans at, you know, Yankee stadium back in fucking 1928 or something. And, uh, my years could be completely off there, but, uh, but, uh, and they were just, they just, they didn't even, I don't think they were even looking at him, no, no. acknowledgement whatsoever. And then they got up and left and like, you know, that, that, um, that, that manager who we still don't know who his name was, um, or who he was. We, we just couldn't identify who the hell he was. I'm Googling it. I can't find, I can't find who like the alternate site manager is um i just i just can't find the info i'm sure someone's got to have that somewhere but uh, he had his name on the back of his jersey too but yeah. he didn't turn around we so couldn't, we couldn't see, see him no I, i'm like did it say perry and then we were like is it herbert perry i'm i googled the picture of herbert perry and i can't imagine herbert perry turned into that guy because this guy <laughs> was a big he was just a big pile of meat like just like yep. you know we talk about yeah he was the yeah he fit the he, like that slab of a uh, beef manager uh mode uh, yeah. He was definitely in. Yeah, so no idea who the guy was, but he he got snubbed. So I felt I felt a little bit bad for <laughs> totally, him. Totally, totally snubbed. Um, and uh, and yeah, that was it, Jack. We um we left the stadium. I we should say that um there we 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 went to the car and there was a a truck two two spaces down from us like cranking uh just classic rock. Uh, yeah, I think and, they had Looking Glass, Brandy, or a Fine Girl was yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and um. Uh, just like tailgating as if, uh, you know, it was 2019 and nothing was going on. And they're just like, you know, out at a Bears or a White Sox game. Um, and uh, we just got the hell out of there and, and headed back to the city. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fun time, Jeremy. We were out of there by 2.30. Um, so the game itself was only an hour and 45 minutes. But I, I think it was a good warm up, not only for the players, but for us. Yep. We are going to the Dodgers-Cubs game on Monday night. So, um, yeah, it was it was nice for us to kind of get our feet wet again, too, and, and get back in the ballpark before we actually go to a major league game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This was our spring training, uh, as it were. And so we'll be ready for Monday night. Um, thinking maybe we might see Walker Bueller Monday night, but I'm not I'm not quite sure what the Dodgers are doing with their their friggin rotation. So I'm not quite sure. No. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed. It's either Bueller or Kershaw, but we'll see. Um, yeah, Jeremy, some final, some final things that happened in baseball this week that were fun. Um, Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman on a 61 mile an hour curveball, which yeah. was pretty funny. Uh, I feel like a, a, a budding, like friendly rivalry has popped up between Rizzo and Freeman. What with the yeah. rundown that happened and, uh, Rizzo yelling Frederick, um, now to this strikeout, which is per it's perfect actually that Anthony Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman like two yeah. weeks after the Frederick thing happened. So, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. that's kind of fun. Those yeah, those teams aren't going to play each other again this year, but I, I like that. Uh, I like that that happened. It's fun. Yeah, and just as like a guy who, I mean, I I don't know. I obviously I love Anthony Rizzo. Um, I never really had too many strong feelings one way or the other about um, Freddie Freeman, but uh, just the fact that he like had a sense of humor about the strikeout and like you know it just looked like two friends like trying to like get get one another like you know I'll try to strike you out or I'm going to try to get a hit or whatever and like you know Rizzo just got him and like like. Freeman was like, oh, like, you know, he was like, you know, mad, but like in a totally fun, lighthearted way. And it's like, I, I have so much respect, so much more respect for Freddie Freeman for like 
having a good sense of humor about that and like knowing that like that is like a better moment than him like crushing a home run or something you know it's yeah. like it's like oh wow big deal you hit a home run off of a pitcher like but like that that's just funny it's like guess what Freddie Freeman is still one of the best first basemen in, in major league baseball just because he struck out against Rizzo no harm no foul it was a funny moment I'm glad that everyone like handle it the right way so absolutely and i mean that was just a moment where it's like hey you got two guys who are making a hundred million dollars to play baseball you know they know that the stakes in this particular situation are low um and yeah freddie freeman was the mvp last year in the national league if i'm not mistaken so yeah he's still one of the best players in baseball could you imagine if anthony rizzo had struck out madison bumgarner what madison bumgarner's reaction would have been to that completely different right yeah he would have like he would have got on like his like his four-wheeler and like did donuts in the outfield and protest (laughs) like oh no no one's playing this game now because they just made a mockery of it you know um so so yeah so that happened uh good good stuff there um we 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 spoke about mike schilt earlier but um yeah hennis's cabrera a pitcher for the the cardinals um hit uh, Bryce Harper in the face with a fastball um, and then comes right back and hits uh, Didi Gregorius in the ribs. And um, it was a, it was a friggin' shit show really. Uh, like, it's like, you know, I know the Cubs and, and Wilson Contreras were mad at the Brewers for not being able to like control their inside pitches, but it's like, you know, this Cabrera, like two pitches, two consecutive pitches, like hits one of the best players in the league in the face and hits another guy in the ribs. And um, yeah, like it was just a, it was just a chaotic like string of events. And Joe Girardi was pissed, got thrown out of the game, yelled at Hennessy's Cabrera as he was going back to the dugout and rightfully so. Uh, and then you, they cut to Mike Schilt sitting there like on the fucking, on some fucking bucket or something on the top step, just like a, little toad and he's like yelling back at, at, at Girardi. And it's like, what the hell are you yelling about? Like, how could you like, how could you defend what, what your pitcher has done? Like he clearly doesn't know what the hell he's doing like, or where the ball's going. And it's like, uh, and then, yeah, he had later had like a, a snide remark saying like, Oh, I believe that would have been against the three pitcher rule minimum. If a pitch, uh, yeah. Batter minimum. If I would have taken him out and it's like, all right, you little toad, like, like, would you be happy if he hit three guys in a row then? Like, like how could you defend that situation? So Mike Schultz continues to be a little, little turd. Yeah. And, and Girardi, you know, how do you, how do you not get thrown out in that situation? If you're Girardi, you know, he did what he, he had to do. For sure. Um, last but not least, Jeremy, I had seen this in the baseball news as well, but a pitcher yeah. named Kent Emanuel for the uh, Houston Astros, he made his major league debut and he pitched eight and two thirds innings of scoreless relief, I believe, um, yeah. which is pretty awesome. But why would you let a guy who's making his major league debut pitch eight and two thirds innings in today's in today's game? Well, I'll tell you why. Because your name is Dusty Baker, aka Dusty <laughs> Breaker, uh, for our <laughs> listener Pete at home there up in Canada. Um, yeah, I mean Dusty Breaker rears his ugly head again. It's like cool story, but like. You also took a pitcher who wasn't expecting to start this game and had him throw eight and two thirds. Like, I don't, what were the circumstances where he, this guy was left in that long? It's like, yeah, it's cool. But like, it's like also not cool. Like for this guy's development, like, like, I don't think anyone, like if he started the game, would he have gone eight and two thirds? Like, I, I don't know. Does, yeah, it, it, um, there's no I, explanation I for it other than Dusty Baker. You know? <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna say I don't know the the circumstances of like did they blow their bullpen out the night before? I'm gonna probably guess no. 
Um, yeah, and that I, it was yeah. just Dusty Baker. But yeah, there you go, Kent Emanuel. Um, so it'll be interesting to follow him the rest of the season and, and see where he goes it's, from there. Well, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see when his arm falls off. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, one last thing, Jack. Uh, just to we we couldn't get out of here without talking about the Marquee Network. Um, okay. You know, the Cubs have been trying to the Marquee Network, I guess, and the Cubs organization have been trying to cram Chris Myers down our throat for you know since the inception of the Marquee Network, even before. The, the inception of the marquee network when they announced that he was hired. Um, you know, the Cubs would have, the Cubs would have been perfectly happy to replace Len Casper with Chris Myers. Uh, and thank by the grace of merciful God, he, uh, you know, like Cubs fans spoke out and they, they decided to change it up and hire John Shambi. But Chris Myers hosts like a, um, uh, like a, a trivia or like, or like an interview show. Um, and I mean, listen, and Chris Myers, it's not our, it's not his fault that, that Marquis is shoving him down our throats. Like I don't have that much against the guy. He's not particularly interesting or compelling or engaging, but um, you know, and, and I kind of feel bad for the guy cause he's been hired by Marquis, but he can't get out of his, his den, you know, because like everything is, you know, unless the po the, the post game show is like in studio, but like anything else is like being done remotely. And so Chris, Chris Myers like is hosting like a trivia show. He's hosting an interview show and he's doing it all on zoom. And so the guy can't even like get in a studio anywhere. So I, I feel bad a little bit for the guy, um, but they give him, he has a, an interview show and like they were doing ads for it. Uh, his big like episode, first episode of the year was him interviewing Greg Maddox and uh -huh. asking him some kind of like, you know, behind the scenes questions. And it's interesting stuff. Like he was asking him about them sliding on the tarp on opening night. And he Maddox told a funny story about how Jim Fry find them all. It was kind of cool. Um, but the name of the show, Jack, is called Chris and Tell. Oh, that's that's a uh, I, that's not even a pun. No. Yeah. I mean, and even it's certainly not a pun that you should be making for like a male dominated viewing audience about two men like having an interview show. Chris and Tell. It's like. Hmm. Huh, let's see. Chris Myers <laughs> and Greg Greg Max. Hmm. Chris and Tell, please. What went down? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like that's. And I'm not like I'm not trying to be some kind of like macho nacho butthead, but like, come on. Chris and Tell is a horrible name, man. That's horrible. <laughs> bad. Just bad. 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 Marquee Network. What? What don't we have against you? I don't know, man. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, we perhaps they don't get it quite yet, Jeremy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like we get it. You shouldn't. There, sh you shouldn't be forced to watch a show called Chris and Tell. That'll be next year's. That'll be next year's episodes. Yeah. Uh, next year's uh, commercials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, I don't that's... know. That's good stuff. Um, yeah. All right, Jeremy. So we uh, we're we're going to be coming back at you again. Um, yeah, in less than a week, probably uh, by midway next week, we'll have the next episode released. Cubs Dodgers. So yeah, look yeah. out for that. Real baseball. If you know, if the Cubs don't decide to give up seven runs in one inning, uh, we'll have <laughs> real baseball. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. It should be exciting. I think we're ready. We're in game mode. We're ready to do this, and uh, we'll bring that to you next week. All right, sounds good. So for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time.